Hey now, welcome to the Let's Innovate for Vegas audio program. It's episode 13. We're recording on Thursday, May 18th, 2023. A solo show with me, your host, Dan Hugo. I'm the managing director of the Innovate for Vegas Foundation. Today we're going to talk about hackathons and projects and stuff. So fun fact, we are basically a year old today. No. A couple weeks ago, we actually formed our nonprofit entity, a nonprofit corporation in the state of Nevada in June. I think it was June 16th, so about a month away. We got our IRS determination for uh, to be a 501c3 public charity in October. And of course, as, as some of you know, that's retroactive to our formation date. So we've been a legitimate 501c3 charity doing good work for good people since June 16th, 2022. So coming up on a year official and what we did start our first hackathon, I think it was in March, February or March. I should know that. I could probably probably get the precise date. But we're just over a year old since we first got the ball rolling. Um, We'll get into some of that. But first things first, we have hackathons. Remember, hackathons, projects, and stuff. So hackathons, obviously this age is... uh, Poorly, it's hard to do a podcast and talk about current events or time-stamped events. But <clears throat> there's a couple of couple of things in the future, so this might come in handy if you happen to be listening. Uh, this month, May 31st, we are not directly. We're not. We're not like uh, drawing in a big crowd, but we are doing. Uh, we're going to try to submit um, a project for the Tech Fashion Design Challenge to 2023. We actually did a podcast with the person driving that with Hackster.io and some other partners, uh, Dr. Kitty Young. That was the episode 12. So if you are curious about not only that, which we talk about a little bit, but some of the some of the stuff going on behind the scenes, um, Dr. Young is pretty smart, probably one of the smartest people I'll have on this uh, whole podcast ever. Eh, maybe not. Maybe you'll come on. But we did talk um, a little bit about this podcast. Uh, this uh, sorry, this this hackathon coming up. Thirty first is uh, fast approaching. Uh, Las Vegas is a weird place for hackathons, as we have discovered in the last year. But I do. I myself, I have a project idea that I would like to submit. So we'll see. See what we, we can do. We have thirteen days as I'm recording this uh, on May eighteenth. You can listen to it on May 19th or sometime after. Maybe uh, maybe we'll do a show later about how things went. This summer, I think in July, uh, it's not, I don't think it's been nailed down exactly, but July, probably 2023, the new Becker Tech Center will host a hackathon. That's the plan. We're going to try to collaborate and help them out. I've said this before, <clears throat> when I was working with uh, that one chip company up in Oregon, probably built a part in your old PC. Maybe your new PC is uh, powered by an ARM chip or maybe a, maybe an Apple <clears throat> Apple M3 or M2 or whatever they got going on or maybe a Threadripper or something. Who knows? But I did uh, participate in 47 hackathon events in different places, mostly as a mentor, as in I would help people with their uh, their projects built around our the things I worked on, which were 
Galileo, Edison, Arduino 101, and whatever else came up. Sometimes I was a co-organizer, but mostly mentor. So I'd go and, yeah, basically learn what we did wrong in enabling makers and hackers. So, and then I was in a reality show called America's Greatest Makers. So I'm hoping to take some of that and help others around our uh, greater Vegas ecosystem to, uh, to to have some hackathons like this, especially young people. Uh, that is where the party starts. That is where interest and intrigue combine over an Arduino or a Raspberry Pi or uh, it doesn't have to be technology either. It could be a hackathon around, uh, you know, invent a new sport, uh, 3D print game pieces for a board game you're going to design. You know, it could be anything. So hopefully we'll start enabling some innovation at all ages under the typical, uh, well, Vegas has a problem with 21 and older. So you do not have to be 21 to be innovative. And uh, so we'll try to drive that home, have young people doing some cool stuff. And then October 7th and 8th, this one's going to be kind of exciting, actually. There has not been a Las Vegas team in the NASA and other sponsors of the Global Space Apps Challenge since 2019. The team lead for that has moved, I believe, to Tennessee. Uh, When they put out the request for applications, they said preferential selection would go to the previous team leads, but that was not to be. Uh, I actually reached out to that person. Um, So we have been in contact briefly, but I was selected as the uh, the lead for Team Las Vegas for the upcoming October 7 and 8, 2023 Global Space Apps Challenge. So we'll, we'll see what we can make happen there. That'd be cool. Uh, who doesn't like space, right? Dinosaurs in space. If you're not with me, you're against me. Let's get on to projects. We have, uh, we have multiple projects that we started. We were starting a new project each month. Uh, some people who are uninitiated felt that that was too many. But the goal was to enable month-long ideation hackathons to start projects. And there'd be something different for different people who wanted to participate. Our first project being Open Transit. If you are uh, dependent in any way on our public transit system in Las Vegas, I've heard it from visitors. I've heard it from frequent visitors. I've heard it from people who live here. You'll hear it from me. This place needs help. So our Open Transit project was intended to tackle some of the, we'll call them gaps in um, rider experience and driver experience and the general system. So that's ongoing. Uh, that and Smart Social. There are other projects like VLocal, Welcome, My Vegas, and our own infrastructure project. But Open Transit and Smart Social are probably, they're all important, but they're probably the two that will have the most immediate impact. We also have the open data capture platform that will ultimately be the core of any outward facing developments on the tech side. And of course, all of these things, and I'll get to this uh, when I get to the stuff, but all these things, I'm, I'm really underscoring the coding part because I'm an engineer and I have no artistic or aesthetic or really creative abilities, but all of these will benefit tremendously from non-technical participation. So we'll get to that. In a, we'll get to that in a second. 
So we have new projects on the horizon as well. Uh, there's going to be attention paid to volunteerism. There are organizations that have volunteer projects, but, and, and this could be our Clark County School District. It could be various companies with a philanthropic, uh, philanthropic uh, funding and structure in place. You know, maybe it's through their normal HR or maybe they have a philanthropic arm. I know some of the larger resorts have this. Could be our, some municipal or county services, municipal as in city of Las Vegas or Henderson, but anyone who has volunteer programs and then coordinates volunteers, there's a slight gap in coordination and like on the ground uh, I'll say execution. That doesn't sound like a good word, but you know, the mechanical part of volunteering and keeping track of what's going on. So there it's, I think it's more, more common to see volunteer projects and there, there's sometimes a shout out to, uh, you know, Hey, thanks for participating in this particular thing. Um, but we're talking, and this was, uh, I have to be transparent. This was a project that came from punch code, our local boot camp. Uh, for coders, I think it was a 15 week boot camp. The last, the final cohort that went through uh, the end of 2022. I'll get to why in a moment. But they their their final project that they were working on as a team was something like I've described. And in January of 2023, there was the the plug was pulled, so to speak, and punch code basically shut down very quickly. So there was no sort of a anchor or foundational support structure to kind of bring those graduates of the program from you know December to bring them together to continue this work. I've been offering since I first saw their their presentation on the project uh, to help out. I suggested that the Innovator Vegas Foundation could be a fiscal sponsor if they wanted to launch as a charity to give it a try or at least as a, a project. That's how fiscal sponsorship works. So we could we could basically bring them in as a as a special project for some period of time, and they could you know take donations and see where where it goes. Unfortunately, with the economy being what it is, with punch code basically disappearing out from under them, it's been difficult to get the band back together, as they say. So I spoke with one or two, definitely one of the. The, the core team, I think it was three students were actually like, you know, hundred percent in at the time. So I said, uh, you should do this project. I still would like to help you. Or how about if we take on this project and you work on it? So you drive it, but we'll, we'll basically make it an innovate for Vegas project if you're not going to pursue it, because I think there's a need for it. So think of it as like a volunteer management tool that gives credit if you will, um, credit not being financial, but more, you know, hey, these are the actual people who volunteered on these things. So sort of a, a Facebook <laughs> with a small F, not a big F, uh, of, of people who volunteer, right? So these are people you can see in your community who are communities who are doing things. Um, it's always nice to toot your own horn, but very few people do people who do toot their own horn when it comes to doing charity or helping others. Sometimes they get a bad rap. 
but on the other hand, sometimes it's like, hey, nobody's going to know I did something. And if you do want people to know, you got to say it yourself. So the, the goal here was to provide a way to say, hey, here are the here are the people volunteering to do things. They make a difference and enable some sort of recognition or, you know, at least, you know, yeah, recognition. That's a good word. So that was the plan. So anyway, they, they, they're not working on it. The, uh, all of the people involved from the cohort from 2022 who were working on this project appear to have moved on to other things. And so, uh, I still would like to pursue that project. So anyway, that's a long way of getting to a volunteer management platform and it would, you know, ideally work with other organizations that have volunteer projects. So that's the goal across, across horizontally. So rather than using email and spreadsheets and, and, uh, crossing fingers, you would actually have an interoperable, uh, way of saying, Oh, you're a volunteer over here. You're a volunteer over there. It's almost like a LinkedIn for volunteers. Although I am not a LinkedIn fan. That's another topic for another day. So there's that. And, um, basically connecting people, there's several, the smart social project has a component of communication specifically, but just in general, how to connect people with data, with information that's usable, how to get information from people that they want to participate in things. That's the open data capture project is the sort of the base of that, but just enabling people who live here, people who visit here to respond to things or to give feedback or to participate in general. The V local project is very explicitly about that participating in our economy. Uh, so yeah, all these things are either in flight right now or kind of emerge from current projects or current needs and, um, you know, sky's the limit. And really something that I don't think is clear to people is these projects are mostly driven by me for better or worse. There is a, an overarching, uh, architecture or like a multi-component interoperability plan that I've shared with people through the, through the last year you know, here's how this stuff fits together and here's why we need this and here's why we need that. And it fits in with some other organizations and what they're working on. Uh, but at the same time, I have always said, first of all, our specs on these projects are open for collaborative development, right? So it's, I'm, I'm also a volunteer. Some people don't know that, but I'm a hundred percent volunteer, no compensation. So this is all from the goodness of my, no, it's because I'm uh, I'm crazy. Because uh, I'm a volunteer, I always tell people we are all willing, hopefully, to participate and collaborate. So when, when there's a spec, it's not like me telling you, you're not my employees, telling you what to do. It's me saying, let's design a product or a service or a project in general. Uh, what do people need? And it's been heavily tech right now because, like I said, I'm not creative. I have no aesthetics capabilities whatsoever. Everything should be black and white. <laughs> I'm not colorblind, but I may as well be. So if we can enable uh, people to suggest things and to bring their particular talents and interests to the table, uh, we will all be better for it. And ultimately, at the end of the day, we're supposed to be developing job skills. Our, our dirty little secret is that our organization is really about kind of elevating the skills and abilities and um we'll say, uh, I always jokingly say fame and fortune, but just to, to kind of, um, provide a platform for people who want to volunteer and develop their skills and maybe they're junior developers, but also, like I said, maybe they're junior artists or maybe they're just getting started in project management or 
user interface design or audio and video media production, or, you know, it could be anything. So <clears throat> the take home is that, uh, my trope, I have many, the take home is, uh, I would like people who are willing to work for free, uh, to work on these projects, but I do not necessarily want people to work for free. So, so everything we're working on has a path to some sort of benefit return on investment. So people who are willing to invest their time and skills and participation in general, mentorship, menteeship, those people are the first in line to get benefits from this as in value for value fundraising, anybody who wants jobs or, you know, if you worked on a project and someone says, I would like to hire that team, that's what we're here for. We don't hide people behind a, a, a generic volunteers label. So if you work on a project, you are absolutely accessible by the, the world and um, ideally they will hire you away temporarily <laughs> and you can work on projects so that's been the model from day zero complete transparency who's doing what who contributes to what we found that um, the organization that code for vegas was a part of which shall not be named here tended to give credit to paid employees of that organization but left references and attribution uh, to the volunteers to chance. Um, I was told by their someone in their C-suite, I said, hey, who are the volunteers that worked on this project you just announced? I see a lot of names of employees, but no volunteers. And they, they didn't have that information. That should be on the homepage. That should be on the on the project homepage. That should be in the announcements. Now, here are the two, ten, hundred people that enabled this. They're volunteers. They gave their time. That's what, that's what makes things go. That that's what makes things go. So we we have had a policy from day zero. Uh, always always transparent attribution for people willing to volunteer their time. So what else do we have here? I'm just looking at the um, the waveform, and when I say things like that, so uh, there's a big peak. So I will apologize for now if I don't manage to uh, normalize that in post. On to the state of the org. So we're a year old, like I said. We have um, we formed in June 2022. Our first hackathon was somewhere in March or uh, February or March. So it was exceedingly small, although we've actually managed to get smaller now and then. Uh, Open Transit was the first one. We have a couple of things in flight, as I've mentioned. <clears throat> Since our first days, we lost the president of the organization. He went off to college. And so it's really just been myself and our co-founder of Code for Vegas, the original. He was the co-founder, co-captain, Sean Looker. He has been supported from day one also, day zero even. And between him and Don Jacobson, we have essentially been able to, you know, get this far. Uh, their support and putting in a good word here and there and so on. However... With only two people, I will get to one of the problems with that, but there's only two people. So we are always on the lookout for people who would like to add themselves to our uh, board of directors. We did try to, uh, to form a board of advisors because we did want to steer our projects and our efforts with some outside advice. You know, people that are on the ground, just like us, but who can see different angles on you know, how civic volunteerism and civic hacking, as they say, how we could actually make a real difference. So we might think we're going to make a difference with open transit, but maybe uh, some 
some advisor will say, oh, maybe that's a, not a good use of your time. Yeah, so, so that kind of input, ways to channel and direct our efforts for maximal benefit. Because really, like I said, it's um, while we do want to elevate our communities, uh, enable and encourage ideation, innovation, and implementation uh, to make our communities better is our stated purpose. Our mission is probably close, but a little bit more uh, descriptive about projects and code for and create for and and uh, inclusivity, diversity, and accessibility. We're too small to handle uh, equity, but accessibility is kind of a subset, right? Like everybody should be able to see, hear, taste, smell. But if you don't have one of those senses and you build an entire technology or service around the presumption that you do have you know full sight which is common then you leave a lot of people out and so accessibility is a form to in my view uh, a form of equity access to things like transit and you know stuff uh, i'll keep this show uh, this episode short so i won't go into what stuff is but you know you get the idea and hopefully we'll we'll touch on more of these as we move forward i'd really like to have some guests on that work in this space about accessibility, the why aria on the digital side in the, in the analog world that we actually live in. There are accessibility issues that come up all the time about ramps and curbs and, and uh, where buttons are and, and, and signage. That's not, there's no, you know, you, you can't redesign if you don't have vision, right? So if, if the ability to see is required to navigate your way around a particular a street or a part of a street in downtown Las Vegas or on the strip or anywhere, uh, at least being aware of that will come in handy. So there's a, there, there was an accessibility hackathon idea that was floated and that's still on the table. So we can enable people to point out where, how there are deficiencies. I always have a picture of uh, my favorite street corner, which I, uh, which is, I'm going to say, I think it's about a mile from where I live. Uh, it's been like this for 10 years. It's a completely um, poorly thought out uh, street corner uh, when it comes to the ramp for accessibility and the crosswalk button to cross and um, some landscape issues that make it impossible to reach one if you require the other. So being able to interact with people and capture that kind of stuff is, I think, part of the accessibility mission. But we do have... Inclusivity, diversity, and accessibility is our, a part of our ethos. And what we have in our state of the org, we have not much inclusion, not by design, but not much participation. So it's hard to launch our true create for efforts when there's nobody showing up. The code for side has been slightly more popular, but consistency of participation is essentially at zero so that's been a challenge so inclusivity always on the table because that's part of our ethos but it's not something we are excelling at and it's mostly because there's only one person day to day trying to do all these things and so i can only i can only do so many things and unfortunately i am probably the worst example of inclusivity and then diversity you know that's the way it is i can't change that but uh, we do want to be more diverse, and we are not doing well at that. We are absolutely not um, interesting, or we're certainly welcoming. There's no age limits. There's no uh, 
I have yet to see any circumstance where somebody was made to feel unwelcome for any, you know, identity, if you will. So I think we're we're not negative, but we are not making progress that I would like to see in both inclusion and diversity in regard to participation and and maybe even just awareness. So we need to do better. And I'm I'm uh, you know that's one of the goals for the upcoming the, the next year. Our next fiscal year is to hopefully a more inclusion and diversity to match our ethos and b to tackle accessibility at scale by including a focus on that in both the code for and create for components of our efforts and to make those extend into our communities on the ground literally uh, so that people are empowered to point out deficiencies maybe improve that street corner I mentioned or one near you uh, address well dangerous intersections which are only more dangerous if you can't see the cars coming or you can't hear them coming and they certainly don't see or hear you uh, I walk a lot and I'm almost hit by a car at least once a week and the problem with uh, the problem with only capturing data when there is an actual collision or an accident if you will is you only know when it did happen. What I would love to see is if we can start capturing dangerous intersections that are either inaccessible or maybe they're low visibility from the driver's side or you know, it could be any number of things. So we can capture that information, start identifying near misses. Maybe we can address or at least make possible the possibility of addressing some of the more dangerous um, interactions between bicycles, pedestrians, vehicles maybe we can stop some things before they happen so there's more i'm sure there is our infrastructure is our our own projects about our own organization Uh, our website has been completely and totally unmaintained and is now officially dead uh, for the codeforvegas.org domain because of uh the cert the certificate for ssl is expired tls really and um and it was just unmaintained. It was a, it was a one pager. It was intended to be inspectable by IRS for our determination, or if anybody was looking for a, you know, contact information, an email address, and whatnot. But it hasn't been maintained. It ideally will be a platform on which we can build some components to try out. We have a few plans on the smart social side that should ideally form the the foundation of our online presence because as we used to say at Netscape, we should be eating our own dog food. Our, uh, our version three or four, I can't remember if it was communicator, no, communicator, navigator was Dogbert. So for what that's worth. So eating our own dog food means using our software ourselves, using our projects ourselves, using any creative works ourselves so that we know they work or we know they don't. You always uh, taste the food you're preparing before you give it to your uh, your family or friends before they sample it for themselves, right? So that's uh, our infrastructure project needs a lot of work. And as my friend Detlef Jeanette used to say at SEM Microsystems, a German company, he was from East Germany. He and his colleagues were essentially the tech side of a smart card company. They were from Erfurt. They used to work together in a house that they turned into an office. And uh, Detlef came and visited America his first time. 
we gave him some Dilbert books, speaking of Dogbert. And this was obviously before Scott Adams had whatever happened to him happen. So when Dilbert was funny, he said, uh, Dilbert is funny because it is true. But even better, the quote that I continue to use to this day, and I cannot possibly do his quote, I'm um, sorry, his uh, accent justice. But it was, um, we work 24 hours in the day and then we work at night. And I always think about that whenever I'm, you know, whenever my to-do list is not getting any shorter. So uh, always have that extra nighttime to catch up on things after your 24-hour workday. That's where things are. Uh, we're getting to the end. Our show notes will have links for the tech fashion and the global space app challenge. The Becker Tech Center does not have, as far as I'm aware, a web presence aimed specifically at hackathons, but I'll link to the tech center as well. Uh, the show notes are otherwise a little bit vague because this was sort of a just a little update covering some bases. Uh, our future shows, we'd like to have um, a local attorney, Hayden. Uh, he's almost certainly not listening to this, but we'll see if we can get him on to talk about copyright and licensing and what does it mean to be an open source developer? Who gets to use your stuff? Do you get to keep it yourself? Can you still build it later? So we'll, we'll cover some of that and more. Um, there, there's other things and I cannot think of them right now, but it's okay because podcasts are not ideal for uh, predictions or news. So this has been a great little mini update, I think. Hopefully you enjoyed it. It's brief, which is unlike me, I know. Uh, if you are listening to this and if it is still reasonably close to the summer of 2023 and you have any interest in being a board of directors member or an advisor, board of directors is an actual legal, um, effort. You, you would be added to our list of uh, officers and directors and all that. So we do, we can also have, uh, officers if you're interested in being a, a treasury secretary or president or some other similar role we can we can talk uh board of advisors still something we'd like to add that kind of failed miserably a year ago but it's a whole new ball game and uh hopefully there will be other things of interest and our website will be magically <laughs> up uh haven't focused on it much because uh i will close on this note um Volunteers are very difficult to find, and perhaps it's a cultural component. I'm not sure. Uh, we've actually instituted Agile for Volunteers to assume that people who volunteer for projects will not stay longer than two weeks. And the first outing with this, they did not stay for two weeks. <laughs> so we didn't even really get to try a full iteration. But the goal of all of this is to get that collaboration, get that collection of job skills, whether it's coding or creating, to actually deploy some things to make our communities better. That always reflects on the people who make them happen. So that goes on on resumes and and uh, hopefully works out for referrals. Hopefully ends up with some sort of compensation in whatever form, whether it's karma or cash or somewhere somewhere in between. So I need. Personally, uh, I need to have more people who are willing to work for free as volunteers because I don't want you to. But if you never do anything, I can't help you. So 
Our projects are important. They're, I believe, well thought out. And we are also open for your projects. So I'm really... That's my hot rod. If you heard that. Uh, my, I'm really hoping that we can, as part of our inclusion and diversity outreach, just get more people who are interested in making a difference and engaging on projects and staying engaged and taking part in a volunteer collaboration that actually requires people to come through and follow through and drive for excellence. So that's what I'm hoping for. That's my, uh, my birthday wish. My birthday is in June for what that's worth. So do me a solid, join a project, stick with it, help your team, bring some team, help your team accomplish. We'll deploy things. We'll impress our neighbors and friends. And, um, ideally people will, We'll get a little something back for it, whether it's money or fame or fortune, uh, self-satisfaction. Could be anything. Could be all those things. That is all I have to say. Thank you so much. 33 minutes, not too bad. When I trim off the front, it'll be right around 33 minutes. There you go. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you next week. Come to our hackathons.